This is the Why Didn't I Know podcast, Episode 3, Mysticism, Mental Health, and Psychedelics. When I look at today, what's going on in the world, and there is a mental health crisis, people are really struggling with everything that's going on in the world, and that makes sense. But could there also be the potential here to reach for something beyond you, to reach for something beyond your human mind, and to realize that your foundation is spiritual, not just material. And when you reach the edge of what you can do from your human capacity, that that's when the willingness to meet the spiritual side of life shows up. I don't think spirituality would be the core of my life today in the way it is if I hadn't had such a rough childhood. The way that I got through it was by believing, even though I didn't feel any sense of love or care or nurturing in my childhood home, I felt in moments, not continually, but moments here and there, I felt a sense of love and nurturing from a force that was unseen to me. And that kept me going. That kept me from downward spiraling and really going off the deep end. Those moments of mystical experiences, and listen, I never found it in the church. I never found it even reading the Bible. I never found it in the ways that I was being taught about God in school. What really sustained me was an experience of God when I had those moments in nature. And that is very interesting to me because as a psychologist, we are not trained with the perspective that transformation and mental health really has a spiritual basis. It's interesting to me what's going on with psychedelics today. With the onslaught of mental crisis people are experiencing with depression, anxiety at levels in society that are beyond what society has experienced before, there is a lot of attention being paid to plant medicines, psychedelics, to help people transform their anxiety, experience of anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. The research that's been happening at places like John Hopkins University in the United States and London College, London Imperial College in the UK, really does provide the data for a lot of this enthusiasm that psychedelics can offer something that traditional talk therapy, traditional psychotherapy has not been able to address. As I said, there has been a lot of talk about psychedelics being the breakthrough for mental wellness in the coming years. What most people don't know, and I have to credit Jamie Wheel for stating this in his book, Recapture the Rapture. And that is that psychedelics work amazingly well for many people for a period of time. I'm going to read to you what he states on page 169 of his book. He states, there is a dark underbelly to the groundbreaking research that's been pouring out of places like John Hopkins and Imperial College over the last decade. Beyond the truly astonishing 
statistics and accounts of complete remission of depression and PTSD symptoms in just a few sessions are the quieter, sometimes desperate queries from patients six months later. Jamie Wheel goes on to say, and six months after that, once the all too real limitations of their flawed world and selves return, they go back to the bottom of the slide, only this time there's no going back to their old games. He goes on to mention that this is akin to the idea of a dark night of the soul. And he asks, are we using psychedelics correctly if this not very well documented phenomena is happening where people have transformation, but it doesn't last over time? So I thank Jamie Wheel for pointing that out, because if you read a lot of the information about psychedelics helping mental health these days, it doesn't state this other factor, and that is the transformation doesn't always stick. It sticks for a period of months, but it doesn't stick beyond that, not in every case. Now, I want to share with you a paper that came out in November 2020 that really addresses this issue of why the change doesn't last when someone takes a psychedelic and they feel their depression is gone or their anxiety is lifted, but it creeps back in six months, a year later. Jamie brings this up in his book. I'm thankful he was stating the, the truth there that isn't very often talked about. But now let's go one step beyond that. And this really ties into what we're talking about in terms of the experience of the mystical being transformative. The paper that I'm going to talk about now, I will link below this podcast so you can look it up yourself. Now, if you read this superficially, you're not going to see what I'm talking about. But if you really read this paper very carefully, this will just jump out at you like it did to me. And that is when people take psychedelics in a research setting, oftentimes they talk about the fact that it was one of the most significant experiences in their life, right up there with the birth of uh, their first child, with the death of a parent. And what researchers began to do was to ask more questions to understand this. And they developed something called the Mystical Experience Questionnaire that is given to research participants in psychedelic studies after they've uh, taken the psychedelic. And here are some of the things that research participants are subjectively measuring after the trip that they've been on, the psychedelic experience they've been on. They're asked to rate on a scale the authoritative sense of unity and connectedness. So a sense of unity and connectedness accompanied by feelings of reverence, feelings of love, feelings of peace, and a sense of awe and difficulty putting the experience into words. So there's a, there's a whole series of questions that fall under those general categories. And what this article that I'm linking below really shares with us is that the greatest predictor of how long you have an alleviation of your depression or of your anxiety, whether that is gone and it doesn't return, the predictor of long-lasting change in your mental health is predicted by how intense the mystical experience is during the psychedelic trip. 
the more intense they rated the mystical experience, the more likely their change in their mental health for the positive remained. The less intense their mystical experience, or if they didn't have really a mystical experience at all, the more likely that their mental health issue would return. So what does that tell us? What that tells us is that the mystical is the key indicator of lasting change. If we ignore the spiritual underpinnings to that transformation, we're really missing the boat. And that really needs to be talked about a lot more because what we're doing is we're placing our faith in the external agent, in the psychedelic, that that has the power to heal us. But really what this paper that I just mentioned to you is really saying, and they're not going to put it in these words, they're not going to put it in the words I'm going to share with you, but it's God that heals us. It's not a man in the sky. It's the mystical side of life that is really our essence. When we tap into that mystical side of life and we really have that sense even momentarily that we are spiritual beings, that is the game changer. That is what changes us. We live in such a material driven world that we've lost touch with that sense of awe and wonder that ancient people had for the world around them. They knew that there was something more to life. And when they used plant medicines, they were using it with that awareness. We're using them out of context now and putting our faith in the drug, not realizing that that was just an avenue, a vehicle to contact the mystical, to contact the spiritual. And the other important point here is, If it's the mystical that really is the healing agent here, the experience of the mystical, then why is there such a huge mental health crisis in the world today? And that is because our world has become so disconnected from the divine, so disconnected from the source. We live in such a secular world that God is just banished to churches or God is just thought of as in the heavens. What we need to do is recapture the sense that we are spiritual beings, that our freedom from anxiety and depression comes from tapping into that knowing. So to close out for today, I have a challenge for you, and that is to leave your phone at home, to leave your devices at home. And to go find a park, go find somewhere where there's trees and flowers and birds and nature and take a walk. And instead of paying attention to all the thoughts running through your mind, every time you're thinking about worrying about something, I invite you to focus on everything that you can see around you and really place your attention on what do you smell? What do you hear? What do you see? What does the leaves of the plants feel like? The more that you can put yourself into the mode of sensory experience, 
and really focusing on the life that's all around you, the external world, allows you to be immersed in your surroundings. When you consciously take a break to do that, that's when we can have a deeper connection to our essential self, to our true mystical nature. I'd love to hear your experiences and your feedback on this episode. You can find me on Twitter. The link is in the show notes below and just share your thoughts and comments. Also, if you're listening to this any place that allows you to leave a review, such as Apple or Stitcher, why don't you go ahead and leave a review on this podcast so that more people can find out about what we're talking about here. Okay, until next time. Okay.